I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are the, the Movie, Movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome Hello. to the official podcast of the Gibson Review. In this episode is our review episode. We will be reviewing Called Jane. It is the second of a three episode arc that we started a couple months ago to make this podcast weekly and accommodate with our work schedules a little better. So in this episode, we'll be just reviewing Call Jane. Let's get right into it. Mrs. Griffin, your pregnancy is endangering your life. Mom! What's the treatment? To not be pregnant. That's the only option. We could ask the board for permission to perform an emergency termination. Is there a chance that she can survive the pregnancy? Maybe 50%? Resulting in the birth of a healthy child. I'm here. I'm, I'm right here. I vote no, gentlemen. No. 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 This is Jane. How does it work? Joy? Yes. Get in. No, this is not a taxi. You sit up front with me. Oh. You're going to rest for a few hours. Which one of you is Jane? <laughs> We're all Jane. We have organizing meetings. That's the address. How are we going to get through them all? This 11-year-old girl deserves oh, it. Well, this lady has cancer. She was raped. It has to be random. It's life or death for some of them. It's life or death for all of them. Made my mind up. What do you mean? Our class. Let's take a deep breath. You got a knack for this. Could have been a nurse. Could have been a doctor. We are entirely dependent on one man. We can't change what it costs, Joy. It's economics. It's interesting how economics always seems to mean that black women get screwed. Stand up, stand up. So tell me how you ladies came to be, Jane. My wife's name is Joy Detective. Yeah, you told me that. You want to end up in prison? I will answer any questions. I don't want to know. Have something that works. We are of use. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it works. I'm not scared of jail. I'm scared there won't be anyone left to answer the phone. I need help. I don't know what to do. This is my fourth message. I'm losing my grip. I can't tell my parents. You have to go back. Let's get to work. And that was from the trailer to Call Jane. This film stars Elizabeth Banks, Sigourney Weaver, and Chris Messina, and Kate Mara has a supporting role in it. It is directed by Phyllis Nagy. This is essentially her directorial debut. She also wrote the script for Carol back in 2015. This is written by Haley Shore and Roshan Sethi. Haley Shore wrote episodes of a series called The Resident, which lasted for like 100 episodes or more. And uh, she also... Uh, wrote a show called Code Black. And then Roshan Sethi, he directed, also, or he also wrote 
the resident and code black so it looks like we have a writing partnership doing the script for call jane the premise of the film is a married woman with an unwanted pregnancy lives in a time in america where she can't get a legal abortion and works with a group of suburban women to find help an unwanted pregnancy is really putting it mildly i don't, I in, don't think that's the right word in, in her i don't case. think that's the right word let's change it a pregnancy that's putting her life at risk yeah exactly yeah that's, yeah that's, that's not unwanted when we review a movie, we like to focus first on the good. What was positive about a film? What worked about it? What were its strengths? And then move on to the bad. What sucked about a movie? What sort of flaws did it have or weaknesses? Then we move in. We weigh whether or not the good outweighs the bad. Then we move into spoilers and final thoughts on a film. So, Shanna, Cole, Jane, um, we saw the trailer for this not very often, once or twice, compared to other movies that we've been seeing trailers for as of late. This film obviously is being released at a very important time, right before midterm elections. There's mm -hmm. certain concerns and um, other things on, on, the, on the ballot this year in terms of, of who controls our government. We won't get too much into the politics of, of this, but what was your antip anticipation of this film and how strong was it for you? I always think that we need more movies that are dealing with difficult subjects, uh, but important ones such as safe abortions or when abortions were not safe so that we get a better sense of why do we need abortions to be safe and why do people need to have access to them? You're saying, oh, we're not going to get political, but this is a fairly political discussion. Mm. Um, there aren't a lot of movies that are dealing, or American movies that are dealing with abortion. And most of the time, there are two extremes of the spectrum. So it's, it's an interesting topic in a film, and I feel like we could always use more. So I was hoping that this would be one of those that would be you know, it's obviously historical, so I was hoping that we would learn something new. I was hoping that it would have a big impact. I was hoping there would be a lot of people that would go to the cinema to watch this film. There was one group of multi-generational people, uh, women, behind us, and that was, that was it. It was just the six of us in the theater. On the very first screening of opening night. Sure, sure, that's, that's fair. So I had high hopes for this film. I, I wasn't exactly hoping it would be Oscar-worthy. It would be nice to have one like that that deals with abortion, but I don't think we've hit that yet, as far as I understand. So when you say Oscar-worthy, you're uh, essentially making a qualitative statement about the film and how strong it is? There are certain films where if you see the trailer or the poster and then go watch it, you know that they're Oscar-worthy. And I knew that it wasn't going to be the case with this one, just from, you know, the way the, the, way the movie plays out in the trailer. Mm. So how did I feel when I got to watch it? I cried a lot because they do hit on things that are a problem, or I say are, even though we're looking at this from a historical point of view, mm -hmm. because they still are problems. And... The performances were sound, the story was fine, but I wanted more intersectionality 
and more representation. And I felt like they really did miss the mark on that one. We had a great performance from Wunmi Masuka, who's also been in, I think it's Lovecraft Country on HBO. Mm. She is a brilliant actress. She is a very powerful screen presence. And I feel like I wanted to see more of her. Uh, even though the pieces that we got were pretty good, I, I just I wanted more of her. I, you know, we can talk a little bit more about that as we get into the negatives. Uh, otherwise, the film was fine. What did you think? Well, let's see here. First, I think it's important to point out this movie takes place from 1968 to 1973, so we get a, a, a kind of a sense of time when this film takes place, what, what's going on. At this time, uh, abortion abortions are illegal nationwide. It kind of leads up to Roe v. Wade without necessarily dealing with Roe v. Wade. And... I think it's also important to point out that this movie chooses a perspective, uh, not just like thematically, but character-wise. This this film literally starts out by following Elizabeth Banks' character, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the perspective that the movie uh, places as our entry point into this. And so, uh, as a result, you know, you, you have a movie that's about one person's perspective in this situation. We can talk more about the, the pros and cons of that later. But I think, I was really looking forward to this movie. The closer and closer we came to its release, I was totally on board when I saw the trailer. And it just it, it's, it's a subject that I feel is important and important to be told well. We've seen it mostly be addressed in small indie films, not mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. what appears to be. I don't know. It says roadside attraction. I'm I feel like there's this this feels like a bigger studio film, but I'd have to um, look a little more closely. At that, I don't know if it has a wider uh, distribution, like a bigger studio distributing it or what. But it feels like a, a a broader studio film, not in the broader in the sense of um its its writing or its tone or whatever, but just in terms of its its um I don't know its its film its its uh budget i guess it's star power and all this sort of stuff this Mm. is not never rarely sometimes always this is not even obvious child Mm. two smaller films that touch on in the abortion issue effectively Uh, uh, yes effectively Uh, i wouldn't say that this film does not touch on the abortion issue effectively i think it's very effective there's scenes where i was i was (laughs) very much yeah, I mean, I was very sympathetic. I, I was very empathetic, actually, of, mm-hmm. of the pro- because it does go into the process to an extent of of uh, an abortion and what that what that looks like. It also went goes into the process of like what it looked like more often than not when what sort of situations women found themselves in when they were seeking abortions. Situations women were forced into. I'm sorry, you just have to be careful with it. <laughs> I am referring to specifically the environments yeah. that they they, they they did find themselves in these environments, right? Because uh, they didn't know what to expect. They didn't know, you know, this is very much underground. 
and some of them very like very uncomfortable, very unpleasant, and pretty rough. And and so I think the film effectively builds empathy for for that. And while also serving as a warning, if you actually extrapolate from here, a warning of this is where we could be taking our country back to if we aren't careful. These are the situations that occurred pre-Roe v. Wade. Is this what you want for our country and for our nation's women? I'm extrapolating a lot from this probably, but I'm thinking in the context of this being a post-Me Too, post-Time's Up world, this is supposed to be very forward-thinking and progressive, and I think seeing where we were and the dangers of us going back to that is very effective in this movie, and I think it does so without being like really hitting you over the head and having characters tell you this um, specifically outright. So I give the the film some uh, some marks for that. Also, I love Elizabeth Banks. I think she's she's fantastic. She's able to carry the film very well. She's a great actress. I think she's underrated. Sigourney Weaver is a, you know if you want some extra support, throw Sigourney Weaver in there. You know she will uh, she will serve very well. She's always been this really awesome badass, no matter what her role is. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter where she is. She's like just. Also, really great screen presence of badassery. Yeah, yeah. So so those are some broad thoughts from me about what's good about the film. What issues did you have with the film? Because I think we will have different uh, perspectives on, on, on what issues are there. I may not have said this earlier. I think it was a well-done film in showing the process. And we need to see the process because... Something that they tackle is, you know, during that time, women were taking back their femininity and women didn't even know what it looked like down there. And so they started these groups of an, of education where you could look at the mirror and, and see what's down there. And honestly, we don't know what happens during an abortion. And there's a lot of scary stories out there that are misinformation. And um, I just feel like the film was doing rather well with that. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to make sure that I made that clear because okay. I don't think I did earlier. The problem I had with this film is the representation of black women. We had the amazing Winmi Mazuka, and that's not enough. We need to have at least two other black characters, even if they're just in the background. I mean, we get to see women having these abortions, and we only got to see one brown-skinned person whose hand was held. We didn't even get to see their face, but we got to see everybody else's faces. Mm. And that's a very big problem. Mm. I don't like that. Um, I am coming from a white perspective, so maybe I'm missing something, but I felt like I needed to see them being represented and I felt like it missed the mark. Even at the end, when we see a a sort of rally or Mm -hmm. something, there wasn't a, a brown or black woman in the crowd. Well, oh, well, I, I can't speak to the, the crowd because I wasn't looking that closely. Masuka was up on, you know, the platform with, with the other five women, but yeah, there wasn't yeah. even, uh, you know, it was well, just white women. I think... So what am I missing? Is I, there something, is there a reason it was like that? What am I missing? No, I, I, I think 
from that perspective, you're making some fair fair points. I think the the one thing about this film is it is inherently a narrow perspective because it is about one woman's experience, right? That's the that's the angle that the script chooses to take. And as such, it's going to be inherently any story is going to be inherently narrowly focused because of that. But your points I think are are fair and valid. Yes, there is a, a black woman in the film as a major supporting character. Yes, they speak to race in the film. They have a discussion about issues that black women have with uh, with getting these abortions versus white women and the economics of that. That's absolutely there. But what you are saying is essentially there is a token black woman in the cast and that there's not enough intersectionality in the film beyond the the narrow perspective of one person you're talking about how many people in the crowd are people of color how many people in the house are people of color Mm -hmm. how many people who get abortions that we see are people of color we know that there's people of color getting the abortions because of the text in the script but you you're saying it's important to see that and i I I think think that's fair yeah unless unless there was a creative choice to do that it, it misses the mark. So. Yeah, I, I side more with you on that. I don't necessarily think there is a creative choice that would make sense not to do that. So Yeah, the know. only thing I can think of is like, oh, we're, we're coming back to, you know, black women had very little access to abortion, and here's how we're going to show it. We're going to show this one woman in a sea of white women. So I just I don't think it's right. So we it'd, can. It'd be interesting to hear the screenwriters and the directors' perspectives on on that. Well, and I'd want to hear Masuka's perspective as well about it. You you said you think something wasn't well didn't work in the film. What was it? I I, I knew that we would have different angles that we would come at like the flaws of the film. Mine. Are, are very different, more like script issues. There is, I won't go into details, but mm, halfway, three quarters of the way through the film, there is an there is a scene where there is an an officer at a house, and the officer's car has its flashing lights mm-hmm. going, and. Ultimately, how that scene plays out, it makes you kind of wonder. Well, why did that offer? Why did that officer leave his lights on, or even turn on his lights on the car to, that expresses an emergency? Surely, that's going to draw attention and ask uh, and and invite questions by the neighborhood. Okay, that's fair. You yeah, know? Uh, it, and pet- that doesn't quite make any sense. Okay, I mean, they could have just parked it. And she could have used her headlights to see it. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Because it was yeah. an official car. Yes, And he exactly. probably, the character probably needed that authority, given that he was blending in. So Perhaps. What's, what's that movie well, called? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a vice cop, but that's as yeah. far as I'll go in terms of details. But that was kind of one thing that upon the further thought, I was like, well, that doesn't make sense, except to create this artificial moment in the movie. And then the only other thing... I like how it played out, though. Yes, yes. I enjoyed that, The scene actually. plays out fine with that aside. The only other thing... What was the other thing that struck me? Kate Mara, played, who, who I think is great. 
and I was happy to see her again. Mm -hmm. She plays this neighbor character. Mm -hmm. And when you take into consideration just every, her entire screen time, what her entire character's story is in the movie, I'm kind of left wondering what was the purpose of that character and why did we need Kate Mara to play that character? Hmm. Did you have any thoughts about that character? Well, I think she was there to be a temptation for the husband and also, you know, the husband to be a temptation for her during one of their weak moments and uh, it was nice that they bounced back from that and didn't go too far but i think that was it and i don't know you know it, i don't i don't see anything beyond that other than okay she trusted her friend because she knew that her friend wasn't going to art class mm. um, and checked in on her so that was nice and it yeah, just it added another element for multi-generational so that it wasn't just uh, Elizabeth Banks's daughter character. I so. mean, I, I like the idea of showing the, first of all, this, this time when people actually hunt out with their neighbors and mm-hmm. were friends mm-hmm. with their neighbors and stuff. I, and I liked the idea of having Elizabeth Banks having a friend character. But I just ultimately felt like that character went nowhere really and was very and Kate Mara was very underserved sure. by that by the writing. I just remembered like at the end of the movie. Well, do we need to go into spoilers on that? Sure. There's something that happens at the end of the movie that I think might be a, an added element to why we needed her. Did we need her to be that character? I don't know. Okay, well, let, why don't you explain that in a second here. Let's get into spoilers. Let's sum up. Does the good outweigh the bad with this movie? Absolutely. I think everybody should see this film. And we could... You know, it deals with a, a specific part of abortion mm. that we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the good outweighs the bad. I give it a solid seven. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so I do as well. Okay. I, I, I was thinking about this while watching the movie. This is a solid seven out of ten. Yeah. I I do think I, I slightly like it more than you do. I, I I do encourage like this is a movie that people people please go see. I mean this is yeah. a, this is a at the time that we're recording the opening weekend of this. This is a really weird weekend because you got Till, you have this, you have Tar. You know these are not movies that draw huge crowds. You know, but we I do recommend people having not seen the other two. I do recommend people do go see Call Jane. I think most people will enjoy and appreciate it, though your political leanings and beliefs on the issue may uh, vary. So with that, if you haven't seen the film, which I imagine is most people, we're going to get into spoilers uh, here for just a few minutes. If you have seen the film, come join us for spoilers and then hearing what's up, uh, what's coming up next in the movie lovers. Because spoilers for Call Jane are starting right now. Shanna, explain that section yeah. at the end of the movie that you think helps justify that character. At the end, they have a somewhat political discussion where her neighbor reveals that she, she voted for Nixon. Oh, my husband would have voted for Nixon and her husband had passed away. So I thought that that was interesting because here we are, we've built this movie around 
men controlling women's bodies, yeah, judging women's bodies, taking control of women's bodies uh-huh. through various ways. And <laughs> he has this this woman at the end. It's like I'm going to do this to honor my husband, and it's like that's great, but like you can make your own choice too. Mm. And I guess it just it's fine whatever women decide to do. I get it. I get the empathic side of it too. But I'm also like, well, this is interesting. And then. Uh, Elizabeth Banks' character says that she wanted to vote for the Democratic... Herbert uh, Humphrey. Humphrey. Yeah. Uh, but she forgot. Mm-hmm. And that infuriated me because she laughed. Uh, she had a little giggle about, yeah. oh, I forgot to do it. I was yeah. like, oh, oh, you forgot to vote? So anyway, this is coming from a perspective of a woman who has lived in this country, paid taxes for over a decade and can't vote on anything. So... Am I a little like taking this personally? Yes. <laughs> but it just shows the importance of who you're... I, I felt like that made made the character worth it because they had porch discussions and one was political. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I don't know if that really validated everything with that character. We haven't even talked about the Doctor character, by the way. Yeah, and that whole that. arc, I think it's Corey Michael Smith, mm-hmm. who I am not familiar with. Mm-hmm. He plays the one Doctor that they can rely on to perform these abortions. If you're not familiar with him, like me, apparently he made his debut in Camp X-Ray with Kristen Stewart. He was in Carol, Wonderstruck, First Man, and then the TV shows Gotham Utopia and a miniseries that's filming called Transatlantic. I, I did not know this guy. And he was a dick. He was an absolute dick. Yeah. Uh, no he, no good bedside manner. No discussion of what's, what's going to happen with the procedure, why things are happening. Even if you're just going to go get an exam, it, is, it just always feels so violating mm. and so awful because all the tools that they're using, even though it's not metal in most area, most facilities anymore it still hurts just to have an exam and nothing is given to help make it better i I will say that you're right he doesn't have any bedside manner that said he was more informative than than many medical professionals i have witnessed just in in modern modern day because he was actually telling what's what 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 he's going to do next now, that said... Only because he needed her to be quiet every step yeah. of the way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. True. Yeah. But he but he explained the process. No. <laughs> no, he didn't. Don't be mistaken. Now, look, I'm, I'm giving him a, just a tiny bit of credit. And otherwise, like, this is a guy who, like, you went to the bathroom and I'm, and you missed a part. And I came, and I, I came back to you and said, the guy's a dick. Because he, like, he didn't even remember Elizabeth Banks from, like, I don't know, it was only a few days before, maybe, tops or something, that she came back. Um, and and uh, he was very dismissive of, of Virginia Sigourney Weaver's character's people that usually help out. And, and, and anyway, he's, he's a total dick. He's totally doing it for his own benefit. What is... Totally taking advantage of the situation. Yeah, however... What the movie doesn't dive into and just barely hints at is other people were too. I mean, apparently the mob was involved in this. Like, there's mention of the mob more than one occasion. We never see what that looks like. We never see the effects of that. But apparently, like, this was partially supported by the mob. 
and like and and funded by the mob. But I mean, like not funded. I should say the mob was taking a piece of everything. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think mm-hmm. that's interesting to learn because I had no idea about. And I, I in hindsight talking it out, like, I kind of wish we had like maybe five minutes that touched on that actually saw what that was why that was what that looked like you know that sort of thing i know the movie's two hours as is but still i i thought that was a that was a very interesting thing to allude to mm-hmm. and not even like explain or flesh out the whole thing uh, well the fact that the mob and some police officers were involved in helping support yeah the safety of it was pretty cool to learn. Yeah, um, yeah. Granted, these are our male-dominated organizations on both sides. You still know? men. And so yeah. maybe, like, the focus was meant to stay on the women. Yeah, the I film. think, yeah. Only men as necessary. So right. the creepy doctor that doesn't even use words, just points and gestures come. Right. That uh, wasn't even a doctor. That was, like, I don't know, a don't guard know or something? No, no, that... No, I'm talking oh, about the oh. doctor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no words being spoken. Woman crying. It's yeah. like, okay. No, don't make it better. No, please. Yeah. You please. got the husband, played by Chris Messina. And and uh, then the, the primary doctor. So those are the main male figures in the whole film. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad that she learned how to do it. I'm glad that she went on this little hunt and investigated. Oh, he never actually graduated. And... Uh, you know, we don't really know his story, but she figured out how to do it in a safe way. She being and, Joy, played by Elizabeth Banks. And then she was able to train others. And I rather like that because women doctors are way better than men doctors. Mm-hmm. I have experience in this field as a woman. And I loved the contrast they had when Elizabeth Banks was having her abortion and then when she went to the safe place to recover. Uh, It was completely contrasted in a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. It's a nice little film study piece because, you know, the color palette, the textures, the sounds and lighting and acting is completely different between those two sections. Mm -hmm. And I hate rugs on walls and tapestry on walls, but I was so grateful to see stuff on the walls (laughs) at her recovery place because I knew they could freely talk and mm. sound would be absorbed and i just mm. thought that that was a, it was beautifully done mm. so that's what i've got were there any other thoughts that you had off the top i had not really i i think that 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 encompasses the gist for me of the film uh it, you know it, it's it's not a perfect film it's not one of the best movies of the year but it it it, it has it it has a lot of strengths for it, and I think a lot of people will in- enjoy it and appreciate it for what it does do. So, those are our thoughts on Call Jane. What did you think about the film? Feel free to email us at thegibsonreview at gmail.com. Shanna, where can people find you online as we wrap up this episode of The Movie Lovers? You can find me on Instagram, Shanna Paxton Photography. And on flick chart, Spellbinding A. Excellent. Go to thegibsonreview.com. Go check out feature articles on there. Every, pretty much every episode of The Movie Lovers should be accessible 
on there and a whole lot more. Follow on social media, the, the Facebook, not the Facebook, facebook.com slash the Gibson Review or the Gibson 99 on Instagram. I do bracket polls there around the time that you're hearing this. I think we might have finished up our Halloween uh, horror movie, horror movie. That's the term I'm looking for. Favorite horror movies. And uh, I don't know what's coming up next. We might do a favorite 1999 movie poll. Who knows? But follow along. Have fun on there. I'm much more prolific on Instagram. Next time on The Movie Lovers, we'll be doing, in honor of Thanksgiving, a family holiday, our family's favorite movies. Our favorites of our family's favorite movies. Movies we grew up with that were family favorites. Not necessarily family movies, that genre. But uh, 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 I think you know I, movies you could put in, and everybody would stay awake and watch together. Yeah, yeah, you know? excellent. So look out for that episode on Tuesday, November fifteenth. Until then, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shannon saying bye bye.